Awesome. Cool. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Fulfilling Destiny podcast, or FD podcast for short. I am your host, Jan Marini Packlip, and with me is Frankie. Frankie Day. Oh, man, I always get your last name wrong, and I've known you for so long. Da log? Because I, you know, I, the log. Da log. Da log. Yeah, because I think about, I think about it, and it's like, day log? Like, no, that's not right. All right. No. The log. So we're with Frankie the log. Ignore the car noises in the background. We're kind of doing this a little, uh, a little differently. Frankie's in his car (laughs) right now. Um, his, uh, apartment, um, their, uh, his roommate is currently using it for, you know, whatever reason. And, you know, private talk, we want to make sure that the sound quality is decent. His car is close enough. <laughs> close enough. It's decent enough. Hey, I mean, you have, a, you have a decent phone that has pretty good internet quality unless you're using 5G. No, nope, I'm using 4G. Oh, 4G. Hey, it's, it's, it's perfect clarity. So um, this is actually a very unique episode of the podcast and i say unique because uh i don't know how to to segue into this you want to you want to segue into this frankie introduce yourself uh before i I screw this up indefinitely and ruin my reputation uh well hi i'm frankie i am a trans mask person of color i go with the pronouns with he slash they so very similar to elliot page Mm-hmm. And there we go. Page. All right. So he slash they. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty simple. So trans man, person of color. And uh, he is by far one of my longtime friends since, <laughs> since we've, uh, since we were, I can't say living together, but we were in the same community um, in Japan. So we went to the same school and we were classmates at some point. And we have a very, I guess, interesting story on how, I guess, how this was brought up. <laughs> how we became friends. <laughs> oh, that's a different story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, let's, let's be clear here. So you are a trans man, person of color, right? So mm-hmm. we're asking our viewers to be open, open with their minds that we will be meeting different people of different like from different origins of and backgrounds like, and backgrounds that includes race sexual orientation sexual identity and everything else in between so because we have a unique individual here it's also good to be open to those unique perspectives we want to know their struggles their successes and then you know these are still like people are people and we can't write them off as anything less than that you know, treat people compassionately and treat them kindly. Like, that's what I can really hope for the rest of humanity these days, right? Since uh, it's been up and down in general with the community, LGBTQA+. Um, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. But right now, um, I say it's an up because I get to catch up with you. And we could explore how we got here in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to start first, Frankie, or shall I? Uh, sure. All right, go uh, ahead. We'll say I'm 26. I live in the greater Orlando area. Mm-hmm. I work for the theme park industry. Mm-hmm. 
I have been on hormone replacement therapy for the last four years, and I recently just got top surgery over the summer. And I actually got that in California. I got it done with Dr. Krieger of Thousand Oaks. He's also a brilliant plastic surgeon, and he takes insurances, which was the big part. Yeah, you really did struggle with the insurance policy part because you weren't sure if your company was able to fund it at the time. Mm -hmm. And you, like, I was watch, I looked at your Facebook post because you kept you kept a pretty thorough journal. Like your Facebook posts yeah. are like very thorough. All the hashtags in between, like, this is what I got. This is what they gave me. I'm not happy about it. I'm gonna talk yeah. to the company later. Emails, 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 emails. But you know, honestly, that's. Like, you want to get what you want, and it should be covered, and luckily you got it without too much fees in between. But speaking about your voice, this is not to bash on your voice, okay? So, how many years has it been? Seven years? Uh, it's been a while. has been out for seven years, so okay. yeah, seven years. Okay, before we get here. <laughs> uh, so, here's here's the thing, when, uh, when me and me and Man, my English is really bad today. Excuse me. When Frankie and I got reacquainted with each other, uh, we were really into Frozen. We really loved the movie. We loved what it meant and what it could have meant to our communities at the time, um, the bisexual community and then, you know, transgender community. Uh, what was actually interesting, and it came up in a conversation that I still feel very sorry for, to my knowledge, as kids, I thought already Frankie was already just a cisgendered male. That was my thought at the time when I was really young. And then when I re when I uh, when I got better acquainted with him as adults, it didn't process in my head. I don't know if I'm going to word that correctly and correct me if I'm wrong. But when I saw you again for the first time, I really didn't see. I guess like air quote right air quote. The, the feminine mm -hmm. traits, right? Like uh, right. breasts, wide hips, you know, a really mm -hmm. feminine-like voice. So I didn't really think nothing of it at the time. It's just like, oh, no, it's just my boy Frankie. I were right. chilling and we're with your sister, Donica, and, you know, we explored a little bit of San Diego together. And... It, it was a lot, and I gave you a heartful letter, and I know I, you better still have it <laughs> somewhere in your apartment. Somewhere in my room. <laughs> it's somewhere there. No, 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 not, not doxing. <laughs> but, um, so when you explained, uh, when you came out to me, I was actually very confused because to, to me yeah. the whole time, I thought you were already just a cisgender male. It's like, so, okay, so what's, what was the difference? And I was trying to right. understand, and maybe it's because I was younger at the time, I couldn't, I guess, see the perspective of why um, why you didn't feel so comfortable in your own, in your original, I could say original body, is that the right word to say? Your, um, you can just say gender assigned at birth. Your gender assigned at birth. Way. Yeah, you're, you weren't so happy in the, the gender that you were assigned at birth. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to say, you know, to my, to the past version of myself and to you at the time, it's like, I am so sorry that I got that wrong. And I was trying to put you in this little box at the time. And I, I, I couldn't understand, but right. I like, I like to think now that I am, a I'm more understanding and open to hearing your stories. I may not like every right. single one because man, dude, you post a lot. You post a lot on the daily. It's yeah. hard to keep up <laughs> 
<laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Like, well, when like you have, like, 2,600 people on Facebook, so, like, you know, it just kind of gets lost in there. Yeah, I mean, but I do see you are probably the most prolific person on my Facebook or Instagram anyway. So it's like, all right, coffee of the day, number one, coffee of the day, number two, you know, stuff like that. So, like, seeing your transition literally on social media, like, since you moved out from your, um, from your old place into Florida mm-hmm. now seeing all of that was actually pretty amazing like make it pink make it blue like mm-hmm. you made that kind of like your slogan and you had like a following like what it meant going from where you were gender side of right. to the, being the person that you are now so i'm very happy for you that you finally got to this point i know it's Thank not you. over i know I, right. I like to think it's not over but um it, it will never be but at this point i'm content with it Mm-hmm. And speaking about that, since you are from the community, I wanted I want to hear from you. Um, how would you, as a transgender, how do you define transgender? Um, basically, trans is just anybody who doesn't feel comfortable with the gender identity they're assigned at birth. Now, you can be trans and non-binary, or you can just be non-binary, or you can just be trans. There's not one way to be trans. You don't necessarily have to have gender dysphoria, which is what used to be in the DSM in terms of gender identity disorder, which is now defunct, essentially, thank God. Mm -hmm. But you can still check in the boxes in terms of, like, say, gender euphoria versus gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. Now, I like using gender euphoria a lot more than gender dysphoria. Because it's harder to explain somebody, you know, the pain, the hurtfulness, you know, that I feel in terms of, like, how I look, how I sound, how people perceive me as. But it's so much easier to be like, oh, I really, you know, get happy or excited when somebody uses he or they or, you know, some old white man called me buddy and pal. You know, it's very, like, for me personally, it was masculine terms, you know, the masculine looks. You felt um, validated. I, yeah, exactly. I felt validated in that sense. So I like using gender euphoria versus dysphoria. So I don't want to feel invalidated. I want to feel validated. So it was mm-hmm. like the easiest way to explain to others why, say, getting top surgery was validating to me or going on hormones was validating to me. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, in, in my personal journey, that's what makes sense to me the most. But in terms of overall the trans community, you're not comfortable with the identity that you have at birth. That essentially means you're trans. Now it's up to you personally, whether you want to identify as trans or Mm non-binary or both or however you want, Mm -hmm. but that's essentially what it is. It's not necessarily anything that you need to be X, Y, and Z to be trans and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's to, I guess you could say personal, like personal taste. I'm just using it very lightly. I'm using air quotes here. It's just it's, it's, it's your yeah. it's your personal journey and your personal uh, life in terms of what you want to be and who you want to be and how you identify because as like sexuality everything is very fluid and right. also like with gender identity because mm-hmm. we're we grow up with very rigid binary restrictions. That yeah. If you like trucks, you have to be a boy. If you like dolls, you have to be a girl. Oh and vice my versa. god. 
there, there's no there's no like middleman in terms of things where like if that's what it means to be trans then you know the world will be upside down but it's not being trans has nothing to do with the rigid binary it's what you feel personally as a person versus saying you know x y and z this is your interest so you have to be boy or girl i'm over here with two shelves full of frozen stuff no shame man which, no shame. you know it's primarily <laughs> primarily for you know a different demographic but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a girl, or you know, I'm very feminine, or something like that. It, my interest no, no, has no. nothing to do with my gender identity as as core. Right, right. It's just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of nuances involved, and it's like you said, it's not mm-hmm. checking a box that you are what you are. Because like just like you, like for instance, you said you had a shelves upon shelves of frozen memorabilia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you growing up, like. You know, instead of playing dolls, like, yes, like, at the time in Japan, like, we had Barbie dolls, Bratz dolls, you know. Yeah, Mattel's a very good company when it comes to making toys, but it didn't felt my interest. It's too pink at the time. So I like Bionicle, Legos, action figures, like, G.I. Joe, stuff like that. It's like, that was more of my niche. It was my niche interest. And obviously, video games and everything else, that's not, at the time, too... Inherently feminine. Inherently feminine, right. Um, And then even... I just bought this. (laughs) Hey, you know, you do. I do have a Olaf somewhere. Oh, Olaf's down there. (laughs) Nice. Nice pin. I just bought that today. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like you. whenever you go to um, that theme park and you leave, you always come back with something. Always. I see it in your social media. If I, did, if I didn't see it always. now, I was going to see it later in your social media. <laughs> um, not so, not uh, because uh, I don't want to get too deep on like, what was that moment for you? Because that could be a little too personal unless you would like to share it. Uh, if in you terms feel, of my gender identity? Uh, yeah, so it's like, what was that moment for you that you felt not necessarily happy in your assigned gender at birth. If you don't want to talk about that's completely fine. We could now, move it a little up, move it up well, the scale. My, my issue is that I don't have a recollection of that moment. Okay. Only because me personally, I have been this way for so long. Oh, okay. That it wasn't something that I, it was, it, it's not something that clicked right away. Mm-hmm. It was something that grew over time. Okay. Now, Personally, I didn't come out until my senior year of high school, which was 2011. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I've always, you know, dressed masculine, you know, like inherently like masculine things. Like At suit least and tie and stuff my, like that. Until, yeah, well, it was even until like, what, fourth or fifth grade even. Because I have pictures of me in like a Yu-Gi-Oh shirt or a Pokemon oh. shirt, you know, things like that. Yeah. So... Me, as a person, I was always inherently geared towards that way, but I, so it never clicked right away. Mm-hmm. I just knew something was off for such a long time. I just didn't know what it was. Now, I found out okay. about, I'm going to say, 2010, 2011 is when I found out the LGBTQ community, because I was a very sheltered child, as you know, most military kids are. Yeah. And 
you know, I knew nothing about the gay community. I didn't know anything about the trans community. And it wasn't until, you know, got on Tumblr and things like that where I was being more exposed. And oh, I found Tumblr. out the term androgynous. Mm-hmm. Um, androgyny is what threw me in. And then I was like, oh, you know, it's not male or female. It's kind of like both in terms of looks at the time. I, I didn't know what the difference was. Right. And then from there, I got into the terminology of the trans community. And that at the time, it was very... It was more rigid at the time when I was coming out mm-hmm. in terms of like, oh, you know, if you fit these check boxes, you're transgender. Right. Um, now we have a better understanding, but back then, you know, we did not. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically fit those check boxes. And a lot of other trans people with very similar posts were posting things that I felt that I was like, oh, this is what it means. This is, this is what I feel, but I don't know how to describe it in words. Mm-hmm. No, this is what gender dysphoria is, and I I didn't know what to do, and I was like, oh, you know, what what can I do? Because like, once I started becoming more adamant about my gender identity, mm-hmm. um, I was being invalidated in terms of my clothing choices, right? And I couldn't really tell you know, people why I didn't feel comfortable in girl clothes. I, the only thing I could say when I was wearing boy clothes was that I felt normal. Mm-hmm. That I felt that it was comfortable, that I was at home with it. And mm. there was no other word for it. I, I didn't know what being trans was or anything. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let so get me it. personally. Hold on, hold on, sorry. Uh, Wally. <laughs> Just Wally a little bit. Your, it, your, your thing went in and out. All right, I think oh. you're... I think you're back. Yeah, I think you're back. All right, sorry. Yeah, you're good. Continue. So you weren't, uh, you felt more at home or comfy in uh, guy clothes. You felt more comfy in pants and, you know, baggy tees and all that jazz, Uh, but not like skirt shorts, uh, tight, tight tops. No, 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 no. No, I didn't like anything restricting. I didn't like anything Mm -hmm. that had too, you know, too low cut of sleeves and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so back then I used to find the most gender neutral girl clothes I can find just so I can get away with it. Right. Um, in school I would wear just my band t-shirts from like marching band and ROTC. Right. You know, they were just sex shirts and that was the only way I can get through the school days. Now I came out summer of 2011, which was the summer before my senior year of high school. I came out to my mom via handwritten note and then I came out to my dad via email when he was on his way to the Philippines. <laughs> because oh. at the time, I didn't want to face, you know, mm-hmm. the confrontation. Because yeah. there was very many arguments, very many right um, disagreements when everything mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But I was being stubborn. You know, I kept, at, I kept doing what I wanted to do mm-hmm. to make myself feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I wore tux to prom and homecoming. Woo-woo. Um, but that's when I fully, you know, came out originally. And then I actually went on the news back in 2011 or 2012, really, on my local news because my school administration was like, no, you can't graduate on the boys' side. For some reason, we had gender lines. That's, yeah, that's kind of weird yeah, it, was, it was weird we do alphabetical like, order <laughs> right 
And they were like, oh, no, you can't do it because that's not what your birth certificate says. And I was like, okay, sure. So I went on the news. It was like Channel 13 local news. And I basically, you know, just, just saying, you know, why do I have to, you know, graduate on the girl side? Why can't I go on the boy side and all that other stuff? So it aired. And then a few days later, my school later. district emailed me and mm-hmm. was like, yeah. Uh, my school district emailed me and they were like, we actually don't have a policy that stops you from doing that, so you can. So I was successful in terms of being able to graduate on the boys' side of during my high school graduation. Dang. Yeah, when you were telling me that story, and I was a year younger than you at the time, about to like go to college, and I was like, hey, you know, what was mm-hmm. oh, you were you came out to me by then by the time mm-hmm. I was heading towards college I was just like so what was that like for you and you're like yeah we had a boy side and a girl side I'm just like what <laughs> because we had a since we went alpha right. alphabetical order you alphabetical. know yeah then you have like um six like say like sixteen Hernandezes right because um, it's a very it's a very common last right. name then you have like three you know you have three females and then three males you know just just from like just looking at them at the time i was like but why would you have a that's so archaic you know guys lying girls right it's very old-fashioned but it was yeah but luckily for you and it's good thing that there was no policy against it so having you on the news hopefully for that next person after you another student that high school was able to do the same thing it did actually so they established a policy a year after I graduated. Yeah, I mean, that's also, like, kind of bad on the school, too, man. It's just, uh, we're not name-dropping the high school. Don't worry, we won't. Uh, but uh, that they're updating policies to be more inclusive and not so mm-hmm. r- rude about Well, because there was nobody to challenge that, so that's what yeah. it was. It was like mm-hmm. nobody, huh? Yeah, nobody challenged them at the time, so I was the only person to challenge them about it. Because, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. They, they didn't say anything about my senior high school photos because they only take your school ID. But back then, I went on the guy side, and nobody said anything. But because there's no gender on your school ID, they didn't really know. But it mm-hmm. wasn't until I brought it up about graduation that I knew that we had gendered lines. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's very. That's a very strange. Thought. So it wasn't an issue until I brought up graduation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, about since we're gonna go out, we're gonna follow your timeline, right? So after graduation, um, you were helping me prepare for college, right? My driver's license, my first job, and everything. Sort of your like first the true, job. the true adulting. You know, I reached out to you. It's like, yo, like, bro, help me out, <laughs> help me out, dude. How to adult. And while I was dealing with obviously like the first baby steps into adulthood, you were actually struggling with paperwork, legal paperwork about um, changing your your gender status, right? Like passports, IDs, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You want to tell me a little about how that went? Yeah, so... How annoying it was? Well... Nevada wasn't terrible. Nevada adopted a very similar policy to California, where mm-hmm. for your license, you just need a doctor's note. 
Now, the doctor still doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily need to say that you're on hormones. It just needs to say that you're transitioning. Okay. Um, there, is a, there is a legal document from the DMV website that mm. you can just, you know, print out and then give it to a doctor and have them sign it and mm. go back to your DMV. Now, my issue with the DMV, they didn't know how to process it, even though they had it. I oh, had to go man. back twice because I lost my paperwork the first time. Uh, it was... It was just, it's the same process of getting a name change or an address oh, okay. change at the DMV, but the problem mm -hmm. is they, they weren't sure how to process itself. I paid like $8, I think, at the time. So, like, again, it was just to get a new ID to reflect it. Mm -hmm. But it took me two trips to get them to process it because they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, uh, the DMV. Now, other states, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, other states don't have it as easy. Right. Uh, some of them would require you to be on hormones, or some of them require you know to have surgery, or mm -hmm. some of them require that you have your birth certificate changed and other things like that. Now, luckily, Nevada again, very similar policy to California, where you don't necessarily need other legal change to make that change at the license. At the license level, right? Um, now, for the passport, right. very similar. Um, the hassle of getting another passport, which is always the hassle regardless, but like the driver's license, you just need a note from a doctor. Now, I didn't do the proper paperwork the first time, so they sent it back to me. They're like, no, we can't do this. Turns out I needed the letter to be on an official letterhead from the hospital or clinic. Otherwise, you know, they won't take it. Actually, I just printed off an, you know, a random letter that I wrote from the internet and gave it to my doctor and he signed it. But no, it needed to be printed from the hospital itself. Ooh, yeah. Well, getting official letterheads is, it, it's it's pretty hard. You have to go through, in, in, in my personal experience, uh, you would have to talk to multiple lines to get approved and then put it in a paper right. and then for the doctor to sign. But that, that could be for another thing. Um, but right. in your case, it's, yeah, that. Well, it was it was easier said than done. I just didn't know when mm -hmm. I was doing the paperwork. Paperwork now, is hard. <laughs> it's like who who tell? It's like who 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 could even teach you at the time how to do it? You were nobody. Like, that, that, yeah, that especially you're doing it alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're doing I was it doing by, everything yourself. by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like for me getting my license, I can always talk to my dad, my mom, because they drive. But then if in like your situation, when you have no one else at the time who's close to you who could tell you how to do it that's kind of right you get you you had a harder time so that's yeah that's now luckily the passport had the same effect as a birth certificate so i actually haven't changed my birth certificate i only just so, changed my passport so your birth certificate is still your assigned gender yes technically technically but everything else in terms of like reflects male Adult legality, yes, it's it's male. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you, yep. I don't know, maybe this is just my like, maybe it's just I'm just curious. When you take a look at your birth certificate, and you look at, you look at it now, um, how do you feel about it? I don't remember the last time I saw it. <laughs> it's been so a hot like, minute. <laughs> it's been a hot minute, so I can't really tell you my exact feelings on it. No, 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 it's not to be exact. Yeah. Um. I mean, 
I look at it at this point in my life, I don't feel anything mm-hmm. because my license says male, my passport says male, everything else is, you know, mm-hmm. legally the same. So it's just, it's just that one document, but it doesn't come back to me in terms of like background checks or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whatever. At this point, I'm just too lazy to change it. I'm actually born <laughs> in California, so I could get a change. It's just, that's just a hassle of doing it, which I'm it's like, I don't want to. Okay, because yeah. I, well, since now that I am, like, I'm more immersed now into being, you know, being more connected to my own community, I know that some individuals, right, I can't name them here, obviously, but it's like some individuals, when they look at their old, their old selves, mm-hmm. and they still feel pain and, you know, all, yeah. like, it could be too, like, it could be too soon, or, you know, maybe it's just, it's it's just too hurtful of a memory to look at and then you know yeah and then there's some individuals now they're like they're just like that person i laid that i laid that version of me to rest it's not me anymore it's gone that's not it that's history and then now this is you like we'll take a uh jake cyrus for example um Mm. they he at the time uh sharice pampago uh, that's right, right? Hopefully, I did yeah, sure yeah. At the time, she I don't remember how to say her last name either. <laughs> at the time, a cisgendered woman, Filipina, uh, singer, solo singer, powerful, powerful voice, and uh, I would like to think like one of those uh, role models to look to. It's like successful, all those things. Then she went off the grid, and then she came back, mm-hmm. and then yeah. reintroduced. Mm-hmm himself as Jake Cyrus and that was a shock yeah. to me and I was just like oh wow this is something else I remember looking at his new Instagram thing like mm-hmm. hi my name is Jake Cyrus and uh obviously like I followed I followed his content listened to his songs and then at some mm-hmm. point uh he did kind of like a reflection and he's like to Sharice he made like a heartful letter on Instagram and then he's like, I think it was something more of like saying goodbye or saying like, until we meet again, whenever that is. Right. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, that, that made me tear. I was just like, oh no. It's like, where's yeah. the chopping onions behind my eyes? Like, what <laughs> right. are you doing? <laughs> but uh, I, a lot of mm-hmm. trans people have that similar experience in terms of, you know, telling their old self goodbye and things like that. Now, Thankfully, I didn't really go through that experience, but I know mm-hmm. plenty of people who do. Yeah. But that's only because I've all, again, I've been this way for so long. It's not like I did a 180 degree turn like mm-hmm. Jake did. Right. So it's, it, it can be very extreme in terms of transitioning or it can just be gradual and, you know, there's no right way to transition. And I think that's where it is. It's like, I didn't have to say goodbye to the old me because again, my name that I use is still my birth date, so it's not like I have to. Oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> you didn't have to start over. Really. Right, I didn't have to start over. Right. Um, it was just more like I was. I can push through. I pushed right. through whatever obstacles I had in front of me. Mm-hmm. So again, I I didn't have to change my name. My name is the same as it's always been. So I didn't have to go through the process of trying to figure out a new name, trying to find a new name. 
and things like that. The only thing that's different is just I started going by a nickname, and but that's Frankie. But my my name is Francis, and it will always be Francis. Now the fun part is that I'm legally a junior. <laughs> yeah, when you told <laughs> so me that, to I that. <laughs> when you told me that, I was just like. Okay, first of all, uh, Francis, because that's your 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 true legal and still current name, and then you had a junior, and I'm just like, and you're see, this is like the the younger, not so educated version. He's like, and you're transgender, like cocking my head. It's like, because you said all, all the signs point to male, but then yeah, yeah, literally all the signs point to male, and then it just like, well, we don't know what you know what's going on with you know the body the mind and everything else i was just like oh dang i must be really shallow to only see the surface level of everything else you know well right which is fair because i've done informative speeches in my communication class in college and i were and i came out through that way and my classmates were like what are you talking about what do you mean you're not a cisgender male they're yeah, like we just yeah. thought you were gay <laughs> they're like we just <laughs> thought you were gay and i'm like no well, I mean, yeah, but you know, like you said, like assumptions. We don't want to make assumptions, right? Of people, but like, especially if you're just mentally checking into boxes in your head, yeah, of what it is to be a male and what it yeah. is to be a female, then it's very easy to make assumptions. Unfortunately, what you know, we're all trying to get away from, right? And then, uh, speaking about those check boxes, uh, I want to get into the the physiological aspects of your transition, if you don't mind, yeah, right? Fine. So this was an ongoing conversation between our younger selves a couple years ago. Um, this might be tricking for those. Uh, we're just going to put that here um, because uh, this involves, uh, I don't really know how to really explain this properly. It could be painful. That's all. Um, if not done properly, uh, finding your breast, uh, so your uh, chest looks flat, right? So you could look more masculine, masculine, and um, there are different ways of doing it. Uh, some are more safe than others, and I know you've mentioned this before, Frankie, when we were younger that. Sometimes it was hard to look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Sometimes because you could still see those aspects, those feminine aspects about yourself. So you right. wore a binder the whole time, or as, as mm -hmm. often as you could for as long as you could. So can you right. uh, explain or describe uh, what that feeling was like before you got your top surgery this year? Um, well, so I've been binding for almost a decade now. Mm -hmm. And I I never really wore a bra. I hated it so much. I I hated the garment. I hated <laughs> the way it was. I hated, yeah. I hated I hated the feeling of it. I I what it is it just basically it made your chest more pronounced, and I I didn't want that. I I look in the mirror and like I hated it. I I hated taking a shower with the light on. I hated you know looking at the mirror. I always wore you know really baggy clothing and you know oversized hoodies because I, I hated the way the chest looks on my body. Mm -hmm. um, now I really really had bad top dysphoria because I, I just hated it the most. 
So it came to the point where I had to use my next door neighbor and some friends to order binders to help flatten the chest. Now, because I was already so small chested to begin with, uh, at the time, it took a, it took people a while to realize that I was binding versus I'm just slouching half the time. So like right, before yeah. binder, I would just slouch all the time. So you just didn't see my chest. Like I just hated the appearance of it. A any any appearance of that chest coming through? No, cut. Nick, Don't want it. it. Yeah, nicked it. Yeah. So uh, I know. I know that you showed me pictures before while you were explaining to me a very long educational moment. Um, ace bindings, like you had a, the, a vest at one point and then, mm. uh, and then like, we'll, we'll use Mulan as, mm. as an example, she would wrap it using like ace, like friends, like ace wraps, right? Yeah. Like if you sprain your ankle, you use those little long wrap thingies mm -hmm. around your ankle, but you also use that too. And, other i'm pretty sure there's probably more than the those just those two um, but i know that you have used different methods of trying to keep your chest in Fine, um, yeah yeah did it was it so, painful for you or did you suffer any uh side effects uh, physical side effects or breathing side effects stuff like that refresh my now mind. if you're using ace bandages which you shouldn't so please don't like, I, mm -hmm. I will buy you a binder if you're using ace bandages. Like, I promise you, don't don't hurt your body more than it should. Now, ace bandages are good for restricting, which is why they're good for ankles and sprains and things like that, but they are not breathable. Mm -hmm. So when you're breathing, your chest expands, you know, to get air in. And Obviously, it, yes. It, it will not, it just hurts you even more. You, you just get, like, um like burns and things like that from having it wrapped too tightly. Now, mm -hmm. binding safely, there are things called binders. Now, it's not just for the trans community. Other people have used it well. Men have used it, you know, to suck in their gut and have their chest more pronounced. Right, right. But right. it is most commonly in the trans masculine community is to basically lessen the appearance of your chest to look like breast. Now, it's just flat. Binders are normally just tank tops, but they're made up like majority of them are made of spandex and nylon. So it's breathable. So not, yes and no. Yes um, and no. It, it depends on your sizing and how you wear your chest binder. Mm -hmm. uh, back when I started, back when I, you know, met you, I was, I started off with an extra small chest binder. Yeah, you mentioned that. Now, now the chest binder, again, this is like, for me, I had a, I had a full torso binder, so it, you know, binded my chest and my stomach and, like, my hips, if anything. And it's, if you took a bathing suit, like a one-piece bathing suit, and have a slightly rougher texture, but it compresses the whole body versus just, you know, Ooh. certain parts of it, that's basically what it is. If, okay. you, if you mix a corset with a bathing suit, that's how a binder feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. And uh, corsets are not, okay, to, like you need to get them done properly. Uh, for those that are not properly fit, corsets could be a pain. I would know, I wore one, yeah, I, I wore one for prom just to, you know, keep the, to keep the gut in, you know? Right, and like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it conforms to a shape, mm -hmm. but if not done properly, 
it will hurt you in the long run. Now, mm -hmm. the normal rule for binding with a chest binder is no more than eight hours a day and things like that. Now, for me, back then, I was very dumb, but I was also, I had that much, you know, chest dysphoria that mm -hmm. I have slept with my binder. I have worn it for multiple band practices. I have worn it for marching band competitions. I have worn it longer than I should have, and that's not good. Now, if you're not small-chested and you have bigger chest, it can hurt you in the long run because of how much pressure and how much binding that you're doing to your body. Mm -hmm. But in your case, um, at the time, you had a your, – your breasts weren't too big. Like, they're not – No, we'll they say, weren't. They were like, like I think – I don't know breast sizes because again, a, I hated my. A is small, much. yeah, yeah. A is small. D's are, these are big. We we all know that. So. I'm pretty sure it was around A size. Okay. If I had yeah. to say, it like, wasn't that big, but mm -hmm. it wasn't gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I, I. I get it. So you. So as because you wore them for way too long, did you actually suffer from any side effects? Um, I suffered a lot of back pain and like soreness from my body because again, it's control. It's like con contouring your body, right? And it's one particular shape, and I'll say how you're sleeping, how you're sitting, and all that stuff. But if it stays like that for such a long period of time, it, your body gets so weird about it because it's like, how are you breathing and how are you, you know, expanding your body? Now you need to take breaks, you know, multiple times a day, and you know, sometimes it'd be hard because. The one I had was the tank top chest binder. So like trying to move out of my chest binder in like the middle of the bathroom, trying to put it back on was always like a hassle, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's, again, it's very, very tight until, you know, you break into it and it becomes looser and looser over time, the more you wear it. But when you get it, it is very constricting. It's like breaking in a pair of Doc Martens, like that leather. Yeah, yeah, those are really hard to break in to be honest basically that's what it is and then it takes a while for it to break in that it starts feeling more comfortable mm -hmm. now with the appearance of a chest binder it can you can see the outline of it in mm -hmm. shirts and things like that depending on how stiff it is because again chest binders aren't very flexible material they're not like soft or anything or mm -hmm. a lot of them are pretty rough some of them are soft or smooth feeling but you can still feel the harsh outline of it through your clothes right um, okay so that's why like wearing tank tops was hard for me because like either the binder was so like was small enough where you can see it close to my armpit but when tank tops are all the way down here yeah especially bro you know, tanks yeah exactly yeah. so like it was hard to wear them without you know getting looked at and be like oh no are they wearing something else that's not an undershirt you know yeah it's it's there's no need to it's, there's, there's no need for that anyways like mind your own business right don't don't be looking at, at another person's right. clothing like that um actually about that since uh since you moved right from your residence in vegas to florida you had to wear one before you got your top surgery you had to wear one for work in hot humid damp yeah, gross you know, it was not with fun. your job, with your job in the in the in the theater or in the theme parks, that sounds really annoying, like sticky and it's, gross. I just felt more suffocated, if anything. Yeah, um, I just felt like, yeah, and the humidity. It's not again, it's not super breathable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I'm just like, 
<laughs> you know, a lot more often than not. And someone sees I, Frankie I started, five lattes. <laughs> right. Five but, lattes um, of hydrates. <laughs> I started wearing it less and less because I started wearing work uniforms that wasn't, I started wearing oversized uniform, but like it was still tasteful enough where I was still able to wear it for work. So I started wearing less and less, but also because I worked overnight, so nobody saw me, and I was like, "Whatever, it's fine. You know, I can deal yeah. with it." Yeah, yeah, no, like no one's gonna really take a looksies in the late hours. Right, and then I also was wearing button-up shirts that were untucked, so it's not like it was conformed to my body at all. Uh, yeah, I like my. For me, when I wear my button-up, since it's more of just my style of clothes these days, I keep them tucked in. Um, yeah, but I, know I don't. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's like I said, it's 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 just based a personal my style. preference, right? Yeah, personal preference of style, and then obviously for you, you have more reasons to keep it a certain right. way. Now, I used to wear, I used to dress differently in different ways just to avoid to the curvy shape. I, you know, I kept it more boxed in terms of clothing and mm -hmm. how I wore things. So, like multiple layers or button-up shirts or checkered or you know something that takes the visualization of my mm -hmm. chest and curves away into a more masculine appearance. Actually, since uh, since about that, we talked a lot about your, you had top dysphoria or you just didn't like your chest at all. Um, I wanted to talk about, at the, see, this is where like, adjusting the language to make it sound like I'm not trying to be offensive or anything is sometimes really Are you talking hard about the menstrual cycle? Yeah, a little bit. So because uh, you were you started hormones when uh, you moved to Florida, um, when you finally got the uh, paperwork around, what was- I started actually back in 2016. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm, yeah. But so you've- were you all that bothered being on your? Ooh, I am so sorry. That is my. That's gonna pop up in the stream. Hold on, give me a second, because it's recording all my audio. So my Facebook just went like boop, and I need to turn that. Let's mute that. M mute. Um, <clears throat> all right, continue. So, uh, because of the chest thing, I was actually wondering, uh, did you? How bottom dysphoria was. Yeah, if you had any, um, or you're just indifferent. I I I, I do, but it, mm -hmm. it wasn't as severe as chest dysphoria. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing: the bottom dysphoria you can't see. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. You can't see versus, that. Versus versus the chest, where you can't see, and you know you want to change the appearance of it. Mm -hmm. Bottom dysphoria, I do have it, not as much uh, compared to the chest dysphoria, because like again, I can I can wear anything and. You know, unless, you know, you're my partner or anything, it's, it's not going to matter. But that that's my conclusion. Like, that, that's my, uh, I guess, stand on it, personally. Now, okay. a lot of people have severe bottom dysphoria or don't have bottom dysphoria and they're mm -hmm. fine with their parts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is different. Um, I, I'm, okay, I'm content with it for the most part, only because I'm not really... Uh, I still have what they call a phantom limb. Okay, which is? So a phantom limb essentially is like you feel like a certain part is missing and it should be there. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm like, well, you know, this would be nice if I had, you know, male, ana male anatomy and I don't. Right. 
Now, sometimes, you know, you know, you visualize things or, you know, sense things and you feel like what it is to have a male anatomy or, you know, just type an anatomy, but it doesn't really exist on your body. Mm-hmm. It, in retrospect, it's like having like somebody who is an amputee, but they mm-hmm. can feel like they have a hand. So like yeah. they have senses or like mm-hmm. nerves or just, just what, again, they call it like a phantom limb or mm-hmm. something similar to that effect where they feel like and they know it should be there, but it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So you felt that sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel that. For others, more, you know, for other people, they feel a lot worse. And for some people, they just don't feel it Yeah. All. So like, Or they're content <laughs> with their part. Or, you know, again, not everybody wants the male anatomy who is transmasculine. Um, not everybody wants to keep their original parts and vice versa. It's, it's, bottom dysphoria is more of a personal choice and whatnot versus chest dysphoria because one bottom dysphoria costs a lot of money i can imagine yes the surgeries for that can be in multiple parts versus top surgery is one and done most of the time unless you know you have liposuction or Or revision and things like that or you do reconstruction right stuff like that right right yeah but with you know changing the anatomy or you know things like that that one's a little bit more it's more internal but it's also more serious in terms of trying to get a cover trying to get money for it uh there's not as much surgeons within an area that can you know do these type of surgeries and things like that Mm -hmm. and again a, a lot of them are in multiple stages so you need to plan out stage one stage two stage three and vice versa now i I'm not an expert on bottom surgery, but I've researched it for a good chunk of my time. And for me, it's not something that I desperately need or want at the moment. If down the line, maybe, sure. Maybe, say if sure. insurance covers it and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the right now, I'm content with my body parts. Again, majority of my dysphoria was my chest. Mm-hmm. And now so, you're, you're pretty happy-go-lucky with it now. I'm tit free, so titless is fine. <laughs> yeah, toothless is titless. Yeah, because uh, well, for for those who don't know, or for those who uh, who who know Frankie, or in the way that I do, uh, he does a lot of shirtless selfies these days, which is like totally fine because, dude, I mean, honestly, I see a lot of uh, shirtless selfies of like my like cis, mostly cisgendered male friends who are very masculine who work out are like total like gym bros and they're like oh yeah look at this you know uh but then i actually wasn't expecting you to go n- uh nippleless like quite literally i yeah. did yeah that was um, <laughs> so when you, when you so when you this is not this is not me making fun of your body okay it's just like you 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 put a reference picture to Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> cartoon cartoon Aladdin. Okay, so this is cartoon Aladdin, uh, OG Disney animated film Aladdin. He didn't have nipples. Nipples. Uh, obviously, because you know it's a cartoon. You know you don't want to get you don't want to get flagged for adult content. You know it's a kids it's a kids movie. I when you said you were getting top surgery, I might have just skimmed on your post about like what type of surgery because you told me there's the keynote. Right, like you just, yeah, the keyhole, double the keyhole. And like that. right, the keyhole and stuff like that. Uh, 
but I, I thought, you know, you're going to do that and then like suture your nip back on. I didn't expect you to go completely nipless. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely, it was just strange because it's like, all right, like you said, it Aladdin. It's, it's Aladdin. not common. <laughs> yeah, it's not common. So right. like Aladdin and then there's you and I'm like, something, something. Like something's missing here, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> so originally, I was right. gonna get nipple grafts, but the more I thought about it tomorrow, like, do I really need it? Like, do I care for it? No. Now I'll say, if I was a person who, you know, enjoyed my nipples in terms of like, you know, right, just like and, for uh, looks, just like for looks and stuff. Well, for looks and for like activities and things like that. Right. Right. Um. It, it actually, I didn't decide for sure until two days prior to surgery that, <laughs> that if you I had wanted an option? the nipples or not. Oh, yeah, wow. well, I, I knew I had an option. Okay. But I didn't make that option for myself, like, for sure, mm -hmm. that if I wanted nipples or not until two days before surgery. Technically, this is just probably just my, the weird question, like, if you could get it, like, for instance, I know you're you're pretty much past recovery stage, like, it's the the scars are slowly cleaning up itself now mm -hmm. um can you get them back on now if you were to opt uh, in no because what it is is during surgery if they're putting your nipples back on that means your nerves have to reconnect uh, now my nerves uh, are fully healed it doesn't try to find it anymore like at the beginning of my surgery stages i had nerves that were like where's the nipple and i'm like it doesn't exist bro stop it you know <laughs> But, but now like, that no, it's no, not that's yeah. what it is, yeah. Yeah, but now since it's not there, the nerves are settled, so you can't anymore. Right. Unless you do it plastic and, surgery like, like right. but there's not gonna be any feeling there. Right. It'll be a, a lot of it will be numb and it'll be just there for aesthetic reasons. Yeah, you're you're just doing it for aesthetics. But okay, so then well there's like would you do it for aesthetics in the future if you could? Uh, well, there are other ways versus surgery. I can get it tattooed. Uh, there are 3D Fair nipples enough. tattoos or 3D tattoos. Yeah, and there's true. also um, adhesives, so like like, like prosthetics. Uh, okay, because I was thinking about, like, uh, I call it nip tape. <laughs> nip tape for dresses, you know, uh, cocktail dresses when you go out to the, yeah. to the pub. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, nip tapes? <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. a, it's just like, uh, it's like prosthetic that you can put it with adhesive on it to resemble, you know, real nipples. Now, I'm fine at the moment. Uh, I, again, I didn't really have any particular attachment to my nipples. Fair enough. So, and I also didn't want to deal with the recovery of nipples and things like that. Because, like, they oh, can yeah, scarred, they can die, they can be numb. There's so many things that I was like, I don't want to deal with that, and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I asked my nurse friend, I was like, do I really need nipples? Do they benefit me? And I'm like, no. I don't need it. It's fine. If you don't need it, well, I mean, nick it, and you, well, you literally did. You nicked it. It's off. Yeah. I was like, but, goodbye. Yeah, you, like, since you were uh, in the early stages of your recovery, um, it was good seeing you, like, recovering well. And it, it looked good for the most part, like, seeing everything not mm -hmm. so discolored. Like, discolored in terms of, like, the bruising, you know, obviously they had right, to cut you right. open and stuff. And then, um, I think what I I think this is where I shed tears of joy for you, is when you were 
you're pretty much in the clear of lifting your uh, your arms above your head, and you walked mm-hmm. outside. And I think you know this, but you walked outside, you took off your shirt, and you're like, I can finally feel the wind against you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like... It was so cold. Was, I was just like... Yeah, you, yeah, you were, you were, you were kind of crazy, like literally going outside when it's like a storm was brewing. Like you could see the dark clouds on the outside. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, well, that's Florida for you. Yeah, it's, yeah, Florida. Uh, and then you know, you're just like, so this is, you know, what it feels like. They're like, okay, sweaters back on, and I'm just like, <laughs> breaking. You finally did it. Oh my god. Because uh, it. I mean, you know, my favorite part was going to the pool for the first time. So I avoided. I think I missed that one. I avoided going to the pools and water parks and beaches for such a long time because I didn't want to have to wear a binder and wear a rash guard or wear a t-shirt and all that other stuff that inhibits me from having fun because I'm already too anxious and, you know, too dysphoric to do anything. Yeah, no, that's, it's completely fine. I, I, it's, I can never understand what that feels like because that's not something that I do. I just know that um, wet like theme parks that involve water is just sometimes just not fit for everybody. I just have right. slight water phobia, like to be fair. <laughs> but you know, obviously for you, like it, it was something more deep inside. Like you just didn't want right. to have the feminine parts of you be more obvious, especially if like you've had a wet T-shirt, right? Like right. you're wearing a white T-shirt, then you're having your yeah, like your binder on, then everyone could see like, yo, what's with this uh, person? What is, right. what are they wearing under? Like, there's no need to ask more um, pressure. Like, like, you know, my eyes are up here type of thing. Like, why are you right. looking down there? My eyes are, like, right here. Uh, so, it's uh, it's been how many years now? Since what? It's been seven years. So, in, from the time you choose seven years, you uh, feeling pretty happy? Yeah, yeah. Not I mean, counting uh, not counting coronavirus, just say like, right. <laughs> you feeling pretty in happy? terms of like life in general and how things turned out. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Actually, um, my my parents were the one who suggested I actually go back home for surgery, so I was actually going to get it down here in Florida, and, and I was going to go ask yeah. money from them. I was going to ask for a loan. I'm like, hey, can I borrow like three thousand dollars? And they're like why don't you get it done here? And I was like, you know, I never thought of it because it makes sense because, you know, recovery and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's parents... not a surgeon at the time in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I found one in California. Now, this was a shock to me because I, I'd never really talked to my parents about my transition. Like, I've always been so open about it, but one-on-one with them, it wasn't it's... always a thing. Right. It's... I, I could assume, right, I could assume that... Uh... There's some clashes involved, right? Ideologies. Um, it's just, I, that, and I also just, what, what, what would I say to them? Like, you know, because it, it doesn't really affect them in a way that it affects me, because I'm doing everything yeah. by myself. Yeah. So they invited you to so, recover at home, take the surgery in California. Basically. Okay. Right. Well, they they said Vegas, and I'm like, well, there's not one in Vegas. But I can find some in California that's within driving distance, and that's how I ended up there. Who took you back? But, oh, no. well, like driving-wise? Yeah, your, obviously your parents, right? Um, well, for my pre-op appointment, it was Donica and my other sister. Same day of surgery was Donica, my dad, and my other sister. My mom was at home with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And then 
yeah, you yeah, you were recovering at home because I noticed the the living room. I remember that same living room and you were just like you were yeah, like this I on was, the couch. I was, I was solid on the couch for about three weeks. Yeah, because you I, were you were worried about being literally out of commission for work just because you obviously you're recovering from something pretty drastic. Well, during that time I was furloughed and then I put myself on medical leave because my workplace was opening back up, but mm -hmm. I was like already committed with a surgery and I was like, I'm going to go gonna do, do it, it because I don't have any other yeah, chance. Yeah. 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 Do it now. The, the next, know. the next opening was like in August. I'm like, Nope, I'm going to do this now. So yeah, I took a six week medical leave and I stayed in Vegas for about four weeks and I flew back my fifth week. And then I, you know, was able to readjust to normal things in life and then I could go back to work. And then I was working for about two months and then I got refurloughed again. So, but now I'm currently about four and a half months post-op. Um, it basically everything's healed. It's just more of just scars and stuff like that. I have like full range of motion. Mm -hmm. um, I started working out with my roommate. I hey. have no upper body strength. So oh, no, like my, we, we did, we did uh, bench presses the other day, and I'm like, it's hard in here. Oh, dude, like, dude, like thinking about bench presses just hurt. Right. The pecs. It just it's hurting the pecs right now. <laughs> like doing at home workouts is already one thing, right. and then you know going to I, the gym is another. Going to the gym is another. Um, actually, like before we go to our closing thoughts or like anything like that, um, I was wondering if you had any like we call these soap boxes in fulfilling destiny it's a uh it was our, our last bullet point uh it's because you are a trans masculine male right and uh this is not necessarily we're bringing politics into here it's just more like social cultural stuff right, right. um do you have any thoughts of what could be improved just for specifically your community that you think, or it could oh, be so many <laughs> I mean, I guess like give it to your top three, like other, yeah, it's like some things that you wish could be improved, some things that are, are like staying the same or something that are taking a downturn, you know, like stuff like that. Um, any thoughts about um, issues in, well, within the community? I hate the fact that people are saying how Elliot Page came out is a loss for a community. Uh, there's been a discourse online right. that the lesbian community lost an icon because Elliot Page came out, you know, as trans. And I'm like, no, there, there can still be an icon. They're still a role model. They're just being I, their true authentic self. But there's right. also this other part where Elliot had internalized transphobia with themselves to the point where they had to self-identify as a lesbian for a while because they couldn't fit. identify as trans, right? Right. They, they weren't comfortable. They didn't feel, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't have the courage to be who they are. They just mm -hmm. weren't unaware. They didn't mm -hmm. know. They try to label themselves and it didn't work out, and which happens. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, also with gatekeeping with insurances, um, my my insurance needed a therapist letter, which I've never been a therapy for gender identity, but I needed one anyways. Oh. But I was able to get one, but it, you know, it's still gatekeeping in terms of trying to get surgery covered because 
top surgery ranges between six to twelve thousand dollars easily. And that's performing oh, wow. transportation, hotel, any anesthesia, any you know biopsy, any of all that other stuff. That's just for the surgery itself, and not including liposuction and the nipple graft, because nipple grafts can also be an ex uh, an extra cost. Now, most surgeons offer free nipple grafts, but there are a few that does. Uh, don't or they charge yeah, they add, yeah it's an additional charge so gatekeeping with insurances and normalizing pronouns now like i put this in my emails and things like that i put mm -hmm. my pronouns underneath my name when i sign off wow. or okay. when i make description posts on my social media i'll put my pronouns somewhere in there just so people know because again just help destigmatize the rigid binary of looks of what a trans person or what a cisgender person looks like. Mm -hmm. Like take for example, drag queens. People are very good at saying pronouns for drag queens, but they're not very good with saying pronouns for trans people because they don't fit that ideal box of what a male or female looks like and vice versa. Right, right. I it's do very know. easy mm -hmm. for somebody to be like, oh, you know, uh, I, I don't know any of your drag queen's name, but like, uh, uh, people would use. I don't like RuPaul. RuPaul's transphobic. Or, I, I'm just I'm just using his show as an example. Just no, not yeah. Yeah, right. but like, but people are like, you know, they'll say yes, queen, and things like that. they'll use all the female pronouns and adjectives for the dry queen. But when it comes to trans people in real life, they're like, no, why do you look like that? You know, you don't you don't look like a girl. You don't look like a boy, and vice mm -hmm. versa. So the. The pronoun switching, uh, we want to normalize the pronouns. We want to normalize um, what trans look like. It can be, again, everyone and anyone. Mm -hmm. Again, when people see me, they don't normally think trans, you know, it doesn't come off as that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that was you so know from personal experience. Okay, man, I was young. Um, I know better know, now. It's not just you. Yeah, I know. I. I now that it's I not know, just you, so it's like, yeah. If if the if my younger me was here now, and having this conversation with you, I would like to think definitely less awkward about. It. It's like, ah, yes, I'm at you now. <laughs> so to my younger self, don't worry, I figured it out. You know, seven years later, you know, we we got there. We got there. We okay. got there. We figured but, it out. Well, well, that's why I'm so open about it on social media. Mm -hmm. It's that. People just may not know, but they can learn along the way. There you go. Your like your vlogs, man. <laughs> your vlogs. Well, that that's why like I have all these social media posts on Instagram and uh -huh. Facebook and things like that, where I, I I let my family read those so they can come to their own conclusion and you know their own personal beliefs of it. And what I say their, is already said. Yeah, they can take they their can, time with it if they want to. Right. Exactly. So in terms of like activism, things like that, I also, you know, I like to educate people, but also be like, this is, you know, this is not just a one-stop shop. You know, not every trans person does this, not every, per not, not every non-binary person does this and vice versa, mm -hmm. but they can see the journey along the way, mm -hmm. but how much happier and how much quality of life it improves for them. So if you're really good, you know, why do you need top surgery if you can, you know, just fine, or, you know, why do you need to go on hormones and things like that? Mm -hmm. It's 
it improves the quality of life. That's, that's all it is. You're improving your own quality of life. I actually just have, I have a friend who's actually going on my podcast next week. They're non-binary. Right. They're Chinese American. They're mm. not on hormones. Oh. But they just had top surgery. Mm. So like there, there's no way to, tra- there's no one way to transition. But we're all human. We're all, you know, the same people. We're all, we're, you know, we're all friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, you know, just straight across trying to live our best life. I mean, honestly, like like you said, like to your friend who didn't opt to use hormone, like hormone therapy, like you did. For you, mm-hmm. like like I said, like it improved your life. And right now, from what I see from your social media posts, your numerous <laughs> social media posts, you look pretty happy to me. Definitely a lot more than back when we were like seven years ago when we were just like, Kind of like babies. going, babies, and you know, we were just trying to figure it all out, and everything was overwhelming and like mm-hmm. difficult. Just you know, putting it lightly, like it was hard. But then now it's just like we could breathe a little easier. You know, our our younger selves are like, "Hey, you made it, you did it." It's like, "All right, uh, right. Keep, like keep going, you know, keep going." Uh, you got With this. the numerous Skype calls. Oh God, don't even bring up Skype. Like, thankfully, thankfully, Zoom is a lot more forgiving when it comes to that. So there it is, a seven-year upgrade. Because I think I still have those uh, screenshots. For us. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, because um, um, like I said, you were—I say were—it's not past tense, still presently. You are the first transgender person I ever met or had the pleasure of being friends with. Because. I I I dread I honestly dread the thought of what how I could have been with anybody else because right. if I wasn't exposed to this or like you know who knows how I could have acted towards somebody who is like I said currently transitioning but is not you know out about it or you know, like you said those check boxes in my head right mm-hmm. you know at the time if you're not educated that's just by um, assumptions it's by assumption and it's it's just a it's a human brain thing we try to do it as simple as possible that's why you feel check boxes right. in your head so it's like if i didn't meet you or if we didn't get reacquainted in that way who knows what that could have been for me down the line like i could have been discriminatory offensive or you know i could be that one person who like slinks their way back into the closet more instead of being closer right. to their true authentic selves so to you i owe a lot when it comes to being more open with my perspectives of someone else who doesn't fit those norms right Right. like kindred spirits in that way so like to anyone else i still have your resume right oh my god please don't (laughs) hey okay but you know if we're talking about furloughed uh small update on my end i have been i have been given a letter that i will be laid off from my current job the first job i ever got in in january i know i know but but you know i could always get rehired that's the thing once the purple tier in california gets lifted then you know schools get rehired. but i have upgraded where i am now I got a new job to be a tutor for a, uh, a, a school district. So there's that. But, you know, it's like good. It, it could be an end of a journey for me for that part of my life. But, you know, new things are happening. Like for you. Dang, that's seven years you've been at that job. Don't talk about it. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It, honestly, it's, it's great. Like for instance, like that seven-year um, close 
uh, we could close this part of like that chapter. Where, well, I can't say close this chapter until the end of the year because uh, 2020 has been giving me headaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, mood. Not mood, right? But uh, like I said, like you are now starting to live your real, true, authentic self with the surgery, right? At least of the summer. Mm -hmm. And then I'm starting to find some more new roles in my life. Obviously, like with this podcast, my new job, and then uh, or, or, like other shenanigans. Uh, if you follow my personal Twitter, you'll know. <laughs> um, but things uh, like that. So any last, any last thoughts, Frankie? Before we uh, give this a close, it does get better. Uh, seven years ago, it's a very in very dark places, but persistence and support definitely helps bring to life. And never stop educating yourself. Like that's the one thing that really helped me the most because I yeah. had to do most of my transition by myself. It's educating myself for it. Mm-hmm. And, so, yeah, and even I'm here now, too. I'm living, you know, I mean, I'm living the dream, but I'm furloughed at the moment, but, you know, uh, hey, we, take, we, take the, we take wins when we get them, <laughs> we take the W's when we get them. Right, this is part of my life, you know, I'm happy, I'm on hormones, I have wonderful friends, I've, you know, I've supported family, now I have, you know, I just got top surgery, which is a great weight off my shoulders and my chest and Quite you know, literally I can start right I, I can start you know doing more things you know i can continue being an activist but i can also continue pursuing my passion and my career force so mm -hmm. hopefully things will get better but things are better now than it was seven years ago 100 percent. 100 percent. and then like you said like for my soapbox uh, before we close this episode is uh you this was your experience your journey and it was personal mm -hmm. to you and you did you went through a lot of hurdles from seven years ago up until now uh and then like for me as a as your friend as a fellow activist as well you know um i also need to educate myself too if that means talking to another person who is trans or trans and non-binary or you know where, wherever they are in between like you need to educate yourself, you know, don't wait for someone to tell you how to do it. Go out of your way to figure it out also. Like, what could this mean? Like, what are the nuances? What are the struggles? And then, you know, I think it's learning something new could be what's so scary for people. And mm -hmm. that's why they are very, mm, they can lash out to, to sudden changes or even slow changes because it's something that they're not used to. And it's, right, which is mm -hmm. which it's, is why it's different from my transition because mm -hmm. I have always been this way. I didn't yeah, yeah. come out so suddenly and did 180. Yeah, yeah. You did 180, so it was like, it's just more of like fixing like the smaller, like I can't say smaller, but like the little things like, like saying he, them, they, right. their clothes, right? And oh, obviously like top surgery and stuff, but then, you know, to others, it could be quite drastic, a complete... 1a they were this person mm -hmm. for say 30 years of their life and then they're they want to be their true authentic selves maybe at their 40th birthday and then they're like yeah i've seen it and it's marvelous it it's good because it's like maybe there was more to that story and then you know if they get to be at that eventual goal of being happy with 
their own body within their own skins that's like the best thing that we can hope for and then that's why i encourage our viewers out there like if you have friends or if you're an ally uh continue to learn more stories continue to meet people who are different than you because you can learn something from it and then obviously i learned a lot in my seven years with frankie or i say I would say seven years following his social media posts because I could never get rid of them. <laughs> but honestly, it's it's great spending about, I think it's about like an hour, 15, talking to you about this because I know I see it in social media posts, but having you tell me what that process was like in your voice because, dude, your voice was so squeaky seven years ago. So like when you did the... That was really deep. Yeah, I know it's at the end, but this is like my small, like small excerpt when he started his hormone therapy like i don't know your your second week or so on them oh my god your your voice cracks were so funny <laughs> not gonna lie it was really funny. You're like, no they were it's like, like a puberty so like <laughs> you're like you know when you have a sore throat and it's very hoarse mm -hmm. and cracky that was you for weeks and i'm just like when is that where is that you know that decibel going to drop son when is it going to drop and then of and course it dropped it yeah so like when you did your uh like insta stories and you're like showing like what's new in the in the theme parks i was about to say the company name i was this close to saying the company name the theme parks the theme parks right and then i heard your voice drop i was just like who the you know who is this you know new phone new guy like hello but yeah so like <laughs> new phone who dis New folk who's like, um, excuse me, uh, where is that squeaky voice, you know? Where's the chipmunk voice? Where's the chipmunk voice? So, like, it's going to be, like, if we if we have this conversation again seven years later, it's just like, oh, great. How much more has changed right. since then? So maybe this could be something we revisit seven years later. Like, all right, Zoom version 27 will come out, and then or maybe Skype will make a comeback. Skype business version 60 <laughs> comes out and then i get to do meet frankie version two what has changed since then so yeah so it looks like that's it from both uh from both of us today i am actually i need to take i don't know how to take pictures so i want to take a picture of you my dude um you're gonna probably have to do it for me because i as as, as fancy as the setup is take a screenshot yeah, as fancy as the setup is, I have no no big brain, no big brain. Let me, it's like you don't know how to do a screenshot. Is that what you're saying? You can do Control S. You have a Windows, right? Yes. Use Control S, and it should bring up the clip. Control S. Did not. Oh, uh, press the Start button. Yes. Oh wait, wait, wait! I could type it. Ah, uh, snipping tool. Ah, uh, the yeah. Okay, please. Yeah, it, it'd be like that sometimes. All right, smile, dude. Oh God, I look, I look crazy. Uh, how do I do this? <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Later. So, well, actually, before we actually do that, but uh, because I, I went off a terrible segue. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> so to all our viewers, uh, thank you for listening into an hour ish or so with Frankie and I. And we will see you on our next episode um, where we also meet another person from the trans community. So it'll be another kind of like interview style where we get to know uh, what that journey was like for them. So I'm pretty excited about that. 
I, I hope it goes like I said, scheduling has been weird, but uh, I'm pretty excited to learn another perspective, another story, and another lesson to learn. So that'll be pretty exciting. So Frankie, I hope you tune in as well too. Oh, I will. <laughs> and for everyone else who hasn't done already, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, drop a heart in the comment if you like, and we'll see you on the next episode. And we slate in three, two, one. See ya. Thank you.